off of one blueberry bush, you could probably get eight by next year, you know, and granted there's fruiting time and everything, but the, the art of patience, especially in this, you know, in the next five years, you could have a field of blueberries, you know what I mean? Like you could, you could 100% do that. Um, it's taking stuff that only requires you reading. You know, that's the only requirement, you know, like you can pull over on the side of the road when you spot like an elderberry that's on some vacant abandoned property and you could air layer it and then you could bring it to your place. Um, you know, you could you could do that. That's not that's not outside of this realm of possibility within five years. If you put your effort and you put your nose to that grindstone, you can have a food forest that in the back of your mind will make you feel so alleviated of all of the stress and shit in this world because what ends up happening is the the primordial instinct that we all have is that if we can't go to that grocery store what the hell are we going to do this is the farm hop life podcast a traveling homestead family i'm matt derosier on the farm hop life podcast we learn what it takes to grow your own food from everyday people could be a college student grows tomatoes and salad greens on their apartment patio, a former VP of marketing for Del Taco now raising cattle in Montana, or someone who hasn't had a homestead in over 10 years. This show is aimed at teaching you what it takes to make homesteading work for you, that we all make mistakes, we all have bad days, but we can reach out and help one another thrive and giving you the confidence needed to go feed yourself. You're in Ohio, right? Yes, I am. Southeast Ohio, uh, right on the butt crack of West Virginia and uh, Ohio. Nice. So I'm not going to get into your username whatsoever. Just dead eye two tongues. People can use their imagination and check out your TikTok if uh, <laughs> if they want to understand what that means. <laughs> yeah. There it is. Yeah, I was a, a body modification expert for 18 years. Uh, Seriously? My own tattoo shop. Yeah, yeah. Owned my own tattoo shop for 10 of that 18. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I was being heavily modified. I think my body is about 70% tattooed. Um, and uh, that was, you know, that was the easiest gainful employment that I had for many, many years. Um, but it really was uh, super demanding and then became kind of hard to do after I got shot. Sure. Yeah, that's the man. That is like the the sixty second. Hey, that's what that means. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. The dead eye, and I, then I have a my tongue split. A lot of people think it's because that I get questions all the time. They're like, "Well, do you speak multiple languages?" And it's like, "Well, no, it's a bit more direct than, <laughs> than <laughs> more literal." Yeah, that's yeah. funny. Yeah. <laughs> so, getting into man, how do you make the transition from tattoo artist, body modification to like, like homesteading? Cause like I'm, I'm flipping through TikTok, Right. And I come across you and I'm like, what does this dude have to say? And like, this dude knows yeah. like plants. This dude knows homesteading. Are you kidding? And so like instant subscribe, you're like, there's like in 60 seconds, you pack in so much information. It's, it's crazy. It's like a oh. master class. <laughs> Uh, I appreciate that. And um, a lot of that was was truly because I, I feel like um, I need to re revitalize a lot of uh, interest in nature because of just how detrimental nature is, is being treated. 
Um, and also, you know, finding the, the evidence within a more hearty, healthier life and existence because of a grounding and closeness to not only like my food, um, but my water and, and things like that. Um, and then one of the big things was I wanted to create a video journal, um, you know, to hand down to my children. I, I guess one of, one of the, um, most, uh, well, how do I want to word this? One of the, the most eye-opening, <laughs> funny word, word, uh, wording, <laughs> things Singular. about having a new, yeah, uh, about having such a, you know, a traumatic near-death experience is that I realized that, you know, uh, we're incredibly temporary. Um, and I wanted to be able to leave behind something for not only my children, but other people's children. Um, in a, sorry, my rooster's just, he's just out there yard pimping, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sorry if you could hear him, uh, but I want, I All wanted good. to leave behind something. Uh, yeah, uh, I wanted to leave behind something um, as kind of a video diary um, a compilation, like, you know, of, of kind of my life. Um, because, like, you know, children, um, as they get older and everything, uh, you know, how it was for me and everything, I became more and more fascinated with my lineage and um, my upbringing and, and exactly what set the roots for, for my my. Um, my up, you know, how I came out, you know, like I began investigating that. Um, and I found that I have this long history of farmers, uh, coal miners, and people either swinging a, a mattock in the earth or bringing forth fruit from the earth. And I wanted to um, start making these video logs and stuff um, almost as like a, a visual and audit, like a audible diary for my children um in case i ever was gone um and then that became kind of like this this funny thing you know there's almost four hundred thousand people who are enjoying that right now yeah. and every day it pushes me more and more to go out and understand the world around me um in an attempt to bring knowledge you know i i kind of have a little bit of blessing after i was shot I have, you know, a little bit of money from getting shot that is able to foster some some time hmm. to recoup. Um, and then what we've done with our lifestyle and, and moving into an RV um, and everything. So, you know, we're trying to get solar on it. You know, we, we import all of our water from natural springs. You know, I've limited the amount of money that is required for us to, you know, to, um, to get by. So, and all this time, you know, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, you know, if I was just to sit around um, on, you know, on my butt and, you know, not make the best absolute use of this time, well, you know, I, I would not be benefiting like hardly anybody. And I want to benefit everybody with this free time. So a lot of my day to day is going out and trying to find new plants, how they function, if there's insect mm -hmm. life that you know like you have milkweed like milkweed is so important to monarchs and you know you have wildflowers and things so important to fireflies and, and you know i wanted to start getting it into the very in-depth into those things to watch how uh when you tend to them it benefits literally everything around you and by giving that knowledge to other people i feel that is the most combative way to um essentially battle industry that doesn't care about our streams doesn't care about 
using herbicides, being destructive in their practice, the best way to separate us from these very destructive practices is to make every single person at least wise to like the benefits of these very common plants, these very um, easy practices. Um, I want to tell people what's in their, their water, you know, and the impact it has on their brain, you know, and once you get a consciousness going of people who really, really find that important, which is crazy to see almost a half a million people, who are all on board, you know, that's, that's my, my biggest uh, accomplishment right now is because, you know, at the baseline of all of my, my work on TikTok, I am seeing people implicate these practices and go forward and try to make these things a part of their life. And I can only imagine those monarch butterflies, those fireflies, you know, the, the, betterment like the soil getting better the water getting cleaner you know then that's what really drives me you had mentioned coming from a line of people you know that worked in the earth in some capacity right and i think you've right. throughout a couple of your your videos you've you've mentioned you know what you've learned from your grandma did you spend a lot of time with like with your grandma in the garden and stuff well okay so I, I'm a, I'm a product of Appalachia. Um, and you know, I mean, it's funny, all of the, the girls on, on my mother's side of the family, they got the middle name, Jean, every single one of them, you know what I mean? Um, they, uh, they all had their children very, very early, um, you know, 16, 17, you know, and, um, they, they became early mothers. So inherently what happens is, is you have, um, a lot of, you know, I, I lived with my grandma summer to summer many years. Um, and I lived with my mother and grandma in my early years. Um, because I mean, my mom is only 16, 17 years older than me, you know, and to put that in perspective, my, my youngest brother is 17 years younger than me, you know? So Mm. it's, it's, you know, um, I, I was, yes, of course I was around my grandmother very, very often. Um, and that, that same thing happened multiple generations back. So, um, yeah, I spent an awful lot of time with my grandmother and my grandmother, um, used earth to deal with a lot of her trauma. Um, she's, uh, just, I I mean, literally if she held out her thumb, I would not be surprised if it was radiating bright green. Um, she's one of those people that was way ahead of people on grafting. She understood grafting, um, with no internet, with no capacity to study online. She figured that out a long time ago. Um, she's one of those people. Yeah. She's one of those people that can just clip a blueberry and just pop it into the ground. And here you will see a thriving blueberry, like right there in that same spot. That's, that's just, you know, that's her. Now she's more of a florist. She, she loves the flowers. Um, and then that green thumb stretched to my mother who, um, who is an activist and well aware of the destructive and crappy, you know, industrial, um, presence that we have, who always wanted to grow as much food as she could for her children. Um, and that all kind of combined together, um, to create me, um, you know, and, and they gave that to um, my brothers uh, and my sisters who 
all in one way or another stand up for this planet. Um, you know, and, and, uh, yeah, that's, that's my entire upbringing, you know, like I'm about to inherit the property that my grandfather, my great, great grandfather, um, built with his bare hands out of rough cut lumber. Um, wow. he was a coal mine. yeah, it was built in 1938, uh, or maybe, maybe sooner. Maybe it was completed in 1938, started in like 1932, but, uh, that used to be a, uh, 100 acre property with quite a large farm on it. Um, and you know, it, it's always meant the world to me. So anytime I was sitting in that tattoo chair, um, and really just being a workaholic in one way or another, um, I always wanted to be out doing the nature things and, um, all of every time I would take a break, it was to reconnect with nature. Um, but the money was good and I just found myself kind of enslaved to it and my family roots were there. They were 100% there. They were connected to the earth. And after all the trauma and everything I went through, I struggled for the longest time uh, trying to find healing. And what it ended up being was I needed to, I pretty much took a walk one day barefooted and was suddenly woken back up. And because I was trying my hardest to continue tattooing despite memory loss and all sorts of impairments sleeping mm. and um i quit i had a shop i told my workers hey you want to you want to buy this and keep going like i found what i need and i jumped completely headfirst back into it and took the plunge and wow. it turned me from being a very um almost angry with god like why me you know what i mean why does this happen sure. especially on my story, I talk from time to time about just how uh, crazy it was that um, I got shot in the first place. And um, essentially, that's why I'm a giant advocate for mental health now, too, um, because there's a lot of people out there who are struggling and, and become reckless and endangering to, to other people. Um, but, you know, I I gave I gave that part away for just a minute. You know, I can always go back to it. 18 years is a long time to tattoo. Um, you know, and it's like riding a bike. Long time to do know. anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the connection I felt again was godly in a sense. You know, I felt the presence of God um, within the blades of grass between, you know, the root systems that I had so long wanted to just be in, but I was like, you know, unable to because of the massive workload that I had. Um, and I, I, dove in head first and I did not look back at all. And I probably the happiest I've ever been right now. Wow. That's, that's incredible. Congrats on like finding, yeah. finding that. I mean, it's, it's like a long, like messed up journey, right? But you're there. Oh I mean, yeah. <laughs> would it, would it even, yeah. it probably wouldn't feel the same if you didn't have to take the weird journey. Right. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Um, and, it, you know, it, I'm sure we're going to get into the, the fungi, but what really galvanized it was, um, you know, I had all this spare time and everything. And so, you know, I, I started uh, digging my heels back into hunting and, and everything. And uh, I went out one day and 
<clears throat> I, I had been trying to look for this buck. I could see this, this buck's footprints and they were so deep. I mean, it had to be super heavy, big boy. And I, and he was all around the property and I was looking for him and, you know, I was, I was asking for assistance, almost heavenly, you know, heavenly assistance to get this guy. This guy would bring a lot of meat in. And, uh, I was, I was going for my, my little walk. I was all, you know, ready to go. Um, uh, I was using, I was using my primitive recurve and I saw him and I, and he, there was this big old thicket and I wasn't about to do what was done to me. I wasn't about to wound the guy and let him go his whole life. You know what I mean? So sure. I just observed it. And I remember I was like, I was really present to the, to the presence of God that day. And I was like, I was like, okay, so you let me see him. That's, that's great. You know, it's like, I really appreciate that. Maybe tomorrow, maybe tomorrow I'll get him, you know? And I was like, but man, I really wanted to go home with something. And I turned around and as I was walking out, I saw this big plume of a mushroom sitting on this stump. And then mushroom, I recognized like, uh, cause I had cooked with it in culinary school. So, you know, whenever I, before I, before I tattooed kind of in tandem of when I started tattooing, I was going, going to college for uh, culinary. Well, there was, uh, it, I recognized it and I was like, that's a lion's mane mushroom. And that was right around the time that I started being a little bit more on the holistic side of things. And I was like, I know that these guys have profound impact, you know, and from reading and all sorts of stuff. And I took it home and I was like, I was like, I wonder what this does medicinally. Well, what, what was plaguing my life super bad at the time was severe nerve damage. That's what made me stop tattooing, you know, cause I got shot right in the throat, which impacted my entire central nervous system. Um, making it to where my hands, which for many, many years were, you know, my bread maker, you know, like I, I can sculpt, yeah. I can paint, I can play multiple instruments, you know, like, you know, and it, it became really, really hard to do a lot of things, you know, and I picked it up and I remember walking home with it and I was like, just so happy. And I felt something radiating from it. You know what I mean? Well, I took it home and started studying it. And it's, it's one of the most, uh, researched right now um mushrooms for exactly what was plaguing me nerve damage memory loss you know like these and i started messing with it and being like oh well i'm gonna make a tincture out of it and everything i can tell you that my nerve damage which was at a 10 is now at a two permanently even if i don't take it yeah whoa it changed my life completely so that was the beginning of the snowball getting into fungi the 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 fungi snowball started right there now i've always loved them i mean i come from a long line of morel hunters um and chanterelle hunters um you know and and actually i think it was i think my first tiktok video was on pheasant back dryad saddle and and i remember just going out into my yard and everyone was like bro you should really start a tiktok and i remember at the time being like, oh my God, like I ain't one, I ain't one of those guys and everything. And I did a video on that and it just popped. And I was like, and people were like, dude, I posted, I've been posting stuff for months and I get 12 views. And they were like, you just got a thousand views on a video. I was like, that's a lot. You know, now I got <laughs> one with 17.8 million, <laughs> you know, yeah. crazy. But, um, 
that's whenever I, you know, I really, that's what nailed it at home was that moment with that, that beautiful little fungi blooming out of that, that elm I was just sitting there. And that, I think that was God saying, Hey dude, like, you know, you, you know what you need to do now. And after I started taking it, I started making that for other people who have suffered from traumatic brain injury, strokes, um, nerve damage, all sorts of things. And I can tell you that I have quite literally watched people go from not being able to hold a spoon to feed themselves to being able to not only feed themselves, but drive their cars again, get up and get motivated again. I mean, it's spectacular. And that mushroom is, yeah, it's, it's an absolutely incredible mushroom um, that I, I keep lock and stocked and, I, I would I would probably have a picture of a lion's mane inscribed on my tombstone. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's that life changing. Yeah. Yeah. So since we're on the topic, I take like this, I take mushroom powder. It's like uh it's sacred seven or something like that. It's got like the seven, I can't remember all of them, but lion's mane is definitely in there. And I put it in a protein shake. And I've heard people also like putting it in their coffee. Now I'm I'm always curious, like the delivery method, like, am I getting the benefits in a powder form in a protein shake or does it like, what is, what's the, what's the best way to do that? Well, I mean, anytime that you have like a tincture, like a tincture is, is going to be like absorbed quicker. It's going to hit your bloodstream quicker everything like that in ingesting them is great. I mean, for your gut biome, especially like, uh, like mm. fungi have an incredible impact on your gut biome um, and enriching it with uh, all sorts of nutrients and healthy bacterias. Um, like they, they wear their digestive enzymes on the outside, like we have on the inside, um, you know, so they are great to ingest. Now, if you want a kind of more, um, I think the, the medicinal aspect of it, not going to, not going to suggest that like the way you're taking it is bad anyway. I think that people should take it via tincture and ingestion. You know what I mean? Okay. Because it, it helps like in different ways and methods, but, um, but no, I it, honestly, I, do you feel a change is the, is the question you are, you are taking it. I guess uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> you know? I, I'm, I'm still refining like, uh, no, hey, like getting used to like feelings of like, Hey man, I feel like crap when I do this, or I feel like crap when I don't do this. Like I'm still, it's still, still getting there. Like I was out of town for work and I ate like crap and I felt like crap. So I'm like, can't do that anymore. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I am still studying whether or not too, there's, you know, is the fruiting body of the fungi um, more medicinal than the mycelial body of the fungi? Um, you know, that's what I'm wondering now. Anytime, that you get um, a tincture or, you know, a lot of times you are not actually getting the mushroom, um, the fruited body, you are getting the rye and the mycelial network. Uh, most oftentimes it's rye. Rye berry is kind of the standard for growing mushrooms, um, you know, but uh, are you getting the mycelial body with a lot of the rye? Or are you getting the fruited body? And I'm still looking at that. I have several different tinctures that I've made that are 
solely from fruited body and then from mm. you know the mycelium you know you're a lot of times i think that those those people don't even fruit fruit it out they they allow it to just become a block of the mycelium and then they process it from there to make their wares you know and it seems like a lot of people do that and i'm still you know civilian sciencing my way to understand whether that that's a convenience thing or if that's just better for you and it's been decided what from what it appears to me is that it's more of a convenient thing you know what i mean like because i i don't want to just like chalk everything full of rye <clears throat> you know <clears throat> rye is not what you're going for whenever you're going for a you know a uh chaga tincture or a you know lion's mane or a cordycep tincture you know you want the cordycep you don't want the you know the the rye berry or whatever or rice a lot of times it's cordycep but you know you don't want that and i feel like that's more of the presence whenever you do that but i'm mm. also still wondering if if you know that's done for a purpose a, a lot of this is self-practice you know and i can tell you that the the tinctures that i made that changed my life so much are definitely uh the fruited body of the mushroom itself and not the mycelia <clears throat> that's an interesting note to make um good thing to keep in the back of your head like when you're like trying to find a supplier or if you go to end up like making your own yeah yeah so, yeah <clears throat> um Man, I did not, for some reason, I'm, I did not know that you hunted either. Like that's like, and with a recurve, that's <laughs> yeah, difficulty up to nine. <clears throat> it's a really nice recurve. <laughs> did you buy it or build it? Uh, my, it's, uh, no, no, no. Um, it's, uh, I got it, I think at a yard sale. I mean, and <laughs> really? it, yeah, it's made from an old fence post. Yeah. <laughs> What? Yeah. <laughs> serious? Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. I don't think the guy really knew what he had. All he had to do was put a new string on there. And man, I mean, accurate, uh, accurate as all get out. And a lot of that too is, you know, um, one of the reasons why I haven't really gone on TikTok with, with archery and everything is I think I shoot weird, but I shoot how, how I feel good. <laughs> you know and i'm afraid people are going to be like your form your form and while they're saying yeah, i'm going to go they would. here good. <laughs> you know like it doesn't it, it it's not really messed with me you know like i and i and i wonder if a lot of the the reasons why i shoot the way i do and stuff is because of my eye you know and and how valid reason how that, yeah but um but marksmanship you know um has always been a thing, which I thought is, is kind of funny because dead eye is kind of a, a note to somebody who can shoot really well, you know, and long before I was missing the eye, I was, was able to shoot about the, about the only thing that my accuracy started sucking at was pool. You know, I can no longer really play pool. It's, it's like a combination Weird. of, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, uh, my, my, uh, my nerve damage, you know, for the longest time, and I might be able to be a little better at it, but it's something like that's so shocking. Like when you get up to try to do something you were good at and suddenly you suck again, it takes baby steps getting back to sure. it. <laughs> you know? That but is I so odd like that a, you're, you're good at, you're good at archery. Like you got, like you, you came back, right. You came back into archery, but like on pool, it's just like a 2d surface. So like, you think like, yeah. 
it's, it's it'd be backwards it's perception at that yeah it's something about the depth perception that close um and then also the sensitivity in in my hands now i i have not tried to play pool in about six years i think the last time i tried to play pool after i was shot I went to one of my favorite bars with my guitar player and the band I was in forever. And we used to run tables and I, I tried playing and it was like, it was like a big bummer. And so I stopped, <laughs> but you know, um, but for some reason with, uh, with shooting, uh, I don't, I, I, I think a lot of people have to squint like really hard whenever mm. they're shooting and it causes tension in, in the face. Um, which when you're shooting, you want to be as still as possible. Um, you know, you want to be as relaxed as possible. I don't have to have any of the closing of the eye or <laughs> squinting or any, and, and I feel like Fair. that just, that helped me somehow, you know what I mean? But, um, but yeah, I've always, uh, I've always loved, uh, dad used, dad has built us, um, like, uh, throwing knife targets and, and all sorts of stuff, you know, and, and, um, I've just always really loved the idea of being able to, to, to shoot. Well, you know, I had BB guns growing up, you know, uh, my dad gave me his, like, I think it's like 1950 pump air rifle recently. It That's hits awesome. like, a, yeah, it hits like a 22 iron sight accurate as all get out. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Dude, That's awesome. Yeah. So a little bit more about, uh, the rest of your property so like the property that you're on now like you talked about that uh the inheritance that's coming right by the way that's that's fantastic that that history of that house yeah, alone would uh, be cool but the fact that your great-grandfather great-great-grandfather built that mm -hmm. well what we're doing now is i mean it's a, it's a super long story of how we got here but we ended up being the caretakers of this property that's only 15 minutes away from my property. So this was pre-built with like chicken coops. It had an aviary, uh, pigsties and everything. So we kind of landed on here at a happenstance, you know, and and didn't really um, like all last year because we're nomad. We were nomadic. You know, we live in an RV. We were we were going to travel and then the gas prices went through the roof. Mm. So we had to kind of find a place to sit for a minute. And we ended up caretaking for this property. And last year we tried growing everything in buckets and everything. So we could be mobile if we needed to, we would just load up the RV with all of our buckets and stuff and we'd go yeah. and everything. But this year, this, this property that we had been sitting at was actually taken over by a, uh, an eco conservationist as well, whose dream was to essentially load the property up with all sorts of exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> you know so we ended up being able to make use of all the stuff that we that that's here and uh kind of you know um end up showing this guy who wants to do exactly what i'm good at you know and we're building him up a food forest and everything but all the clones and all of the the cuttings and things that we're doing we're taking out to the property i'm inheriting which isn't far away so we're using this as our testing ground you know this is the measure twice cut once that we're that we're doing you know we get along absolutely great with this this fella his name's sean he's got a crazy backstory himself you know he's he's a pretty pretty cool guy um but you know we're we're utilizing this um because i i have my grandparents living out at the property i'm inheriting you know um my grandparents on my mother's side which is funny because that house comes from my father's side 
so they're living out there. My grandmother has her garden out there um, and everything, you know, and they're improving the land however they can. They use it as kind of like they're they're in their 70s now. You know, they use it as their their get up and go and and stay healthy. And we're bringing them out blueberry bushes and we're bringing them out, you know, like cuttings and we're like, you know, tailoring the property to whenever they get to the point to where they need me to step in and essentially help them for the rest of their life because they're they're having a hard time so we're using right. this property to foster that other property you know which is bringing hazelnut trees and and native flowers and you know and, and all this which my grandma's already done a ton of so that property is already really ripe and and brimming and i think within the next five years that's where we're going to move all of our stuff and we're going to start improving that house um, and getting it, getting it ready to be inherited by the next grandson. Dude, that's, that's so cool. It's like a great migration of, of all, all that you've done. Yeah. 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 We, we have kind of a thing in our family, you know, that I, I have all these friends and stuff. We were like, oh, my brother lives in Colorado or, oh, my sister moved to California and stuff. It's like too big of a mommy and daddy's boy, homie. Like, I can't, I cannot go without having that. Like, I remember when COVID hit, you know, and, you know, I, I could not hug my mom. I freaked out. I freaked out, dude. <laughs> like, I I need that. You know, that's my. Those are my roots. You know, and when you when you see my stuff and my content, you know, you know how much I literally like dirt worship. <laughs> you know, like roots. You know, I respect it, and that's that's sure. my lineage. And and uh, so I we don't have a tendency to move far away. And I think I think a big part of that too makes it to where, you know, everybody is tailoring their lives. Um, for the benefit of the entire family. We have a very tight knit family and there's not a lot of us. Um, there's been a lot of betrayal within our family and stuff too, that narrowed the circle mm. down um, even, even tighter. Um, but you know, as, as, as things have gone, you know, our tight little circle is unbreakable, you know, 100% loving. And anytime, you know, that I'm hurt or wounded or, or which happens a lot, which happens a lot with my lifestyle you know i i'm the most accident prone person but you know there's always there's always your family there to catch you and we keep each other young and we keep each other moving forward at all times and we're always there you know our elders in our family um can rest assured that they're going to be taken care of and cared for you know if it would be the highest honor to me to take care of the the elders that gave me my state of mind, um, my work ethic, my mental state, um, you know, and, and what I find in, important because those things that they gave me are, are, are obviously very important to so many people. And I feel like I couldn't have done it without them. You know what I mean? So yeah, it, it, a lot of people aspire to go out and achieve you know this and that like yeah i would love to travel i'd love to like see things but i can do that in between making sure my family and my loved ones are taken care of first yeah that's just that that time of like closeness especially with um 
with like the older generation, not like your parents, but like your, your, your grandparents, man, like yeah. to just be able to like be around and like hear the stories and get a better sense of what it is that they went through to get to where they are and like what it took. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in our area, poverty <clears throat> is really, really bad. Like it's super, super bad. Um, you know, it's, it's, a lot of these, all these towns and stuff, they started out as these really ripe coal mine uh, towns that, that were really like brimming with activity and, and bringing in tons of new people. And there were, there were schools and malls and all sorts of things coming up, popping up in these towns. And then the coal mines ran dry. And so they became shanty towns and ghost towns and, and I'm surrounded by them. The, the town I grew up in Carbondale and now I've heard, I'm, I'm not sure the validity, but I heard at one point it was going to be like <clears throat> nominated to be the up and coming capital of Ohio. Now that might just be folklore, which, which is, you know, quite rampant around here. Sure. Um, but the, uh, there at one point was a mall. There was like all of this, brimming you know um economy going on and what ends up happening is that all of the uh the coal miners who feel like well i'm set you know i'm going to be here for a long time i got this great job coal mining well one day the coal mine dries up they don't have any money saved they got a ton of kids you know and everything and then they don't have the ability to migrate and go because they didn't save anything back and everything so you get these these like kind of uh long histories of families of strife you know and then that leads to you know uh illegal practices you know a lot of theft um a lot of a lot of narcotics you know um which is just like crazy around here but you know my family growing up in this area and stuff i mean my grand, my great great grandpa carl <laughs> it's funny because i got two great great grandpa carls like one of moms and one on dad's but he was a moonshiner uh, and, you know, he, he was, he was an entrepreneur, but I mean, they, they didn't necessarily succumb to the, um, the outcome of getting high on their own supply, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? But they yeah. created it. They were people, you know, who lived through prohibition and great depression and, and utilized almost, you know, the selling of sin because they had to, because, you know, the whole area was raining it with with right. that mentality i mean you know and even still to this day you have a lot of people who feel like the only thing they can do with their life is pretty much work throughout the week in a dangerous job uh an underpaid job and then go and spend all their money getting drunk or high you know that's appalachia in many pockets and haulers of appalachia you know what I mean? It's really easy to lose yourself in that kind of piss poor headspace, but it's almost inherent hereditary. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think there's something to that. Something about the, uh, the hillbillies. Cause I'm in, I'm in Western Montana. Right. And, oh, yeah. I, but I, I moved here. So I'm from, I'm originally from Minnesota and you can tell, they're, they're are they paying people to go out to Montana? I've heard that. I've heard. I, I've I'm heard not that. sure about that. Um, or maybe I missed I the boat. <laughs> I think I think I'm thinking of Alaska, like where they 
like yes. essentially it's so unpopulated and they're trying yeah yeah kind of yeah. there's there's uh certain like things that you gotta certain boxes you got to check in order to get that money i think but yeah. you can tell the people that have lived here their whole lives and like their families have lived here versus like the transplants so like the transplants <coughs> they like you know bring their mentality right from like where they're from you know like you know hard working save your money you know do this do that like there's an order to things and the people that have been here for a while and you know they didn't really have much they they didn't inherit land because those ones are uh those ones those those happen but they're rare because like you know it's pretty easy to jump uh you know 10 20 40 acres to get some cash and then it's gone but yeah yeah these guys work so hard and then they have almost nothing to show for it yeah that's brutal Yeah. yeah I think that causes a lot of, a lot of mental illness. You know, that's, that's, I see that quite a bit, you know, in, in my area too. <clears throat> a lot of times, like, you know, your, your hard work isn't acknowledged, you know, and that's, that's one thing I will, I will say when it comes to homesteading and I've, I've, I've went through your, your TikTok right before I got on here and I saw you building rock walls and helping pig farmers and all that stuff. Um, you don't need any validation from anybody else after a day like that, because your calloused hands and, you know, your broken back, you know, and your hungry stomach is all sure. that you need to feel good about yourself at that point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's one thing I would say to anybody who, who is planning on getting into homesteading. It's not a fairy tale reality, really. You know what I mean? It's not, it's, it, a lot of people go, well, I, and I especially love the people who go, oh, well, if the end comes, I'm just going to go to the woods. It's like the woods will eat you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They'll consume you and it will it will grow out of you. Like, don't be a fool. Like this lifestyle really, really requires like um, that rooster crows, man. You get up, you know, it's it's reminding you, you know. Like, I mean, your, your list of chores gets bigger with every new, uh, self-reliant thing that you're going to do, you know, like between this year and last year, I think I lost 30 pounds, you know, because, well, I was eating better, you know, um, I've added a lot of eggs to my diet, especially, you know, like that's, that's one of the best foods ever, you know, um, but it's also the the getting up at six 30, seven o'clock in the morning, you know, it's, it's out. I've, I've already got more stuff done around my house by noon, you know, than I think most people, you know, would, would be able to really fathom, you know what I mean? Do all weekend. Yeah. Yeah. You know, especially whenever you quit your job and make it your job, you know what I mean? Those, that, now that 12 dozen eggs that you're selling every week, it, it helps. It gets your chicken feed back. You know, you have to keep pushing, you know, like you have to keep doing that. And as time has gone on, we've, we've got more and more underneath our belt. Um, you know, we're almost to the point to where we're going to be creating our own rye berry for the mushrooms. We're going to be creating our own, you know, we have our own mealworms for our chickens. You know, we, we have our own worms to make earth, you know, our, our earthworm castings. 
we're getting to this point where things are going to break and we're getting it as automated as we can. But that automation isn't from some industrialized Chrome machine, you know, like you just have to put yourself into the mindset that you are <laughs> that machine. And right. I find it to be, you know, after a, after a long day's work like that, when I'm watching my chickens eat home sourced, good protein rich, you know, food, and then I watch my eggs become healthier and better. And then because of that, I become healthier and better. You start realizing it's this mech, it's this mechanical system almost, you know, without the machinery, you know, it's just based off you, your intellect, your capacity to do better, you know, and, and the, the constant push to, um, to essentially enrich not only like, I love whenever I give my eggs to my friends because they, they have no idea what a good egg tastes like, you know, they have no clue, you know, but then when they eat that egg, like, they're like, I, I feel like I have more energy. Like I, you know, I, it's, it's so rewarding, but it starts out and it is so cumbersome at first, your whole life changes. If you don't feed these animals, these animals die. <laughs> like, you know, like you, you have to wrap your mind around how much you are fragmenting your energy and your soul. You know, like my, my lady wants to go to Colorado, you know, next in the next two weeks. I'd love to go to Colorado. I would 100% love the content in Colorado. I would love the, the travel to Colorado, especially the 19-hour drive. Some people would look at that and go, oh, my God, I would be pulling over. Every time I saw something I didn't see, I'd be taking pictures. I'd be sitting there noting stuff down. But the fact of the matter is we chose a lifestyle that, that has to have somebody here capable of taking care of these animals and taking care of this garden and, you know, and taking care of our fungi. I mean, and that's a specialized thing that is only really doable whenever you have done it. So I can't just, hey, will you come watch my mushrooms? We, you for this week, like, come and it's, it's, someone's like, dude, I don't know anything about this. So, you know, it puts you in a conundrum. But at the same time, it's like, I feel like where I'm going and where my path is taking me, that I will be able to go to Colorado, you know, sooner, sooner than later, um, because of, you know, really putting my nose to the grindstone. And, um, you know, I, I feel like my son, who's almost 13, he's slowly chipping away. I think he'll be able to really come full circle and be able to help me within the next couple of years and everything, you know. So you just got to make some sacrifices here and there. But homesteading is is 100 percent and a completely different life. You know, you don't just walk out and get blueberries from, you know, or, or vegetables from your garden. You put your blood, sweat and tears into that garden you know you you worked hard as as all get out to make sure that bill gates i'll just say it <laughs> has never modified your food you know or or people have never modified your food or made that food unhealthy for you you know what i mean like like that's that's 100 the a big factor in the back of my brain is is there are people out there who do, do not care about you they care about convenience they care about uh making making a dollar off of you and they don't care that there's pesticides that are eating your brain and your kid's brain i, I mean it's it's bad 
it's bad. But this lifestyle, once you get there, I call me. Sorry, someone was calling me. Uh, but once you get there, you start to realize, you know, oh crap, I haven't had chemically created food and pesticides in my stuff for like a year now. And you like completely realize like you're more sentient than ever. You're more connected than ever, you know, and, and that fuels you more, gets you further down your road, lets you have more energy, more capacity of free thinking, you know, and it, it, it builds a whole different atmosphere. And I think that when you first get into homesteading, you don't know that all you see is the hard work, the being wore out, tired, sweaty, you know, and you're like, what the hell? I just planted all these tomatoes and they all died. You know, well, next year you're going to, you're going to talk about soil amendment. You're going to, you're going to look, you're going to have a, a pH tester. You know, you're going to have a soil tester. You're going to understand why those died because you put all that hard work into it. And if you didn't give up, which I think I've seen a lot of people do, if you didn't give oh, up, yeah. you're going to bring, yeah, you're going to bring yourself closer to understanding that failure instead of just taking the failure and thinking that you're incapable, you know, which I think breaks a lot of people. You know, but you got to stick with it. Got to stick with it. So in figuring out the failures, what's worked for you? What worked for me? Um, yeah, like things that, that worked like, you know, this like, uh, to, I don't know, swales worked here or swales didn't work here or like this guild worked for me or it didn't work for me. That kind of thing. You're, you're talking like methods of, of growing yeah. or like, is that, um, well, the bucket method didn't really work too well. I wasn't too privy to soil amendments and things at the time. Mm. Um, and also there was the stress of being nomadic, you know, um, it, it, that was, that was when we first got into the RV, um, not having the ability to actually put stuff into the ground was really, really rough. Um, you know, moving um, our buckets around and stuff like for mowing and not having any, any sort of place, you know, that was incredibly difficult. Um, when I first started mushroom growing, um, I had built a whole setup in a mold infested <laughs> barn and I didn't realize how difficult that was going to be. Yeah, that was uh, and I didn't even realize mold was there because it was in the attic. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, yeah. But that was a ton of money on that. Oh, it was pretty brutal. Um, let's see. Uh, the same thing happened when I started my seedlings. Um, I didn't realize that the, the mold issue pretty much contaminated all of all of our seedlings. So, you know, that was that was pretty brutal. Um and when I started inoculating logs, I didn't realize that you had to cut the log fresh. Don't don't use old logs. You're going to waste a lot of money. You got to cut them fresh. Um, it needs to be green. Yeah. Because okay. otherwise, there's, otherwise there's competitive fungi. There's a presence of fungi already. And uh, fungi are, are pretty, pretty fun in this aspect. Is, uh, Paul Stamens showed this in one of his videos. But you could, you could take two morel like uh like uh, same species but you know just different genetics say across the country or something and you would expect that they would be harmonious to one another whenever they're planted in the same you know like environment or whatever no 
No, they will war, cannibalize, and mess with each other. And, whatnot. and Yeah, and then one will triumph, like, pretty much over the other one. And, and that whole time that you're, like, expecting, you know, they're going on in this subterraneous or, like, you know, this, this invisible war that you can't see where they're kind of knocking boots with one another. You know, you'll put them under an agar plate, you know, and you have, you know, say you have two yellow morels. And you're like, it's the same, you know, same species, you know, but not the same genetic. You put them in both both sides of the agar plate. And when they grow, they will create us a, a wall, a division and they will collide there, you know. But then if you take, say, you planted morels from last year, you know, and then uh, you have a sample of of that and then one last year, you know what I mean? You put them into the same agar plate, well, then they recognize each other and they go, oh, hey, how's it going? And they they connect, hmm. you know? That's the whole practice of when you're doing those logs, you're you're making these patterns because one of those has the spore and it has the genetic and as it goes in, it's in these different spots and it takes a little time for them to radiate outward, but whenever they connect to each other, they go, oh, hey, and then they're able to really get stuff done. But if you have two different species that go in there it creates just this turf war that you know will prevent you from having any fruiting you know for long for more like a longer period of time because they're pretty much beating the crap out of each other on a like a a a mycological level (laughs) you know what i mean Hmm. um yeah that's now things that's weird yeah um now things that have worked was myceliating my garden um so I have wine caps popping up after every rain. Uh, wine caps have absolutely incredible uh, rhizomorphs that are great at absorbing uh, carbon and uh, having that micro uh, that uh, mycorrhizal exchange with like your plants. And I actually did a little bit of a study that's pretty cool. Um, I put a, I made an allium box, you know, so an onion or garlic box, um, and I planted. A, and I kind of created the box to where the sun would come over it and cast a shadow halfway into that allium box. So I had these plants that were on this side of it and they, you know, they were in the sun the majority of the time. And then you had these plants over here that were getting a shadow cast on them. And it was a, it was a great little control and variable. And I, I watched them grow for a while. It was always the shaded side that was not growing as much. As, and then the sun, as soon as I introduced the wine cap mushroom into that, I started noticing that the shaded side started catching up to now the slower side shade or uh, sun portion of the box. And what ended up happening there was, I swear to God, <laughs> like, was that that wine cap in, in an attempt to bring everything almost to an, like an equal level, um, it pretty much started pulling nutrients from the already nutrient like rich sun side of the box and fostering it over mm. to struggling shade side of the box. Now they all grow equal. And I swear it's what? from that mushroom. <laughs> yeah, I swear. What? I swear, man. I swear it's crazy. But uh, that is crazy. It's a yeah. I swear they have consciousness. I mean, it's it's super strange, but it's it was almost like it tried to like eat like make everything equal. 
and foster all things because as it spreads its rhizomorphs and its its mycelium outward, it doesn't want to have a weak side of that box. You know what I mean? It, it wants to thrive equally over there. So it just bonds to those root systems and it says, okay, well, I'm going to act as your brain and I'm going to put you all at the same pace at the same rate. And now swear i i swear on everything i watched it happen and it's crazy so then i i put all that especially wine cap i put all that wine cap into pretty much everything i have a a buddy who owns a tree cutting and tree trimming business and he brought me these massive piles of hardwood and i started throwing boiling water on them to get rid of any sort of competitive mold and i just started taking the fruiting bodies of these wine caps and i started beaming them into it and now when you dig into those piles you're seeing all this webbing of mycelium and stuff so now i could and i did this i took like a big old bunch of that over to my mom's garden threw it in there next year she'll have wine caps you know what i mean and what they do is so absolutely incredible you know and they're edible they taste like cashews they're super super really (laughs) yeah didn't know that yeah, and they call them garden giants because they will literally, depending on how much nutrient they have or, or how much food or substrate they have, they will get really big. They'll get like a foot tall with a with a cap that's like every bit of eight inches from side to side. They'll get really, really big. but they're And they pop up, I swear, overnight. You'll see them. They're about this big. The next day, they're like which is often the case with the fungal world with, you know, but, but, uh, they're pretty, they're pretty amazing. Um, other methods I've done. Um, I, I'm just now doing the three sisters method, doing a lot of trellising, uh, vertical gardening, which, uh, saves you a lot of space. Um, and then also one thing I, I can suggest is, um, studying companion planting, um, making sure that what you're planting doesn't, um, hinder or hurt whatever else you're planting next to it. Um, you know, like, uh, like nightshades, for example, are no- notorious for, for causing root issues that could spread to your other crops, stunt crops or kill other crops. You know, uh, companion planting is, is 100% crazy. And that's another thing about my grandma. She has no idea if I were to look at her and say, Oh yeah, companion planting, you know, <laughs> she go, what the hell are you talking about? You know? But then, if, then she would be sitting there walking through her garden with me and be like, oh, well, X grows really cl- like it perfectly next to Y. And it's just from patient observance, like, uh, of, like a observance of it, you know, which sure. is like just a more passive opinion, version. Like, yeah. 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 Um, but yeah. Uh, and then let's see any any other methods. Oh, uh, air layering. Air layering is something to get into if you want an orchard. I highly suggest hopping on Facebook, putting it out there. Hey, does anyone have any peach trees? Does anyone have any apple trees? Does anyone have any, you know, um, elderberry or anything like that? And learn air layering because it's a quick and easy way to um, essentially trick the genetics of whatever it is that, um, say you're building an orchard, you know, uh, you trick the genetics. What's great about that is that the immune system is already built in to that tree. Uh, or that shrub um so whenever you get your root system off of it and you cut it off that that tree is convinced that it is already the age of the mother tree it's already got all this time and experience and it's got the um 
the immune system, which is super important, the resiliency, you know, that you can use and you can build an orchard relatively quick if you're good at networking, you know what I mean? Um, right. And uh, yeah, and also just plant propagation, you know, what plants are really, really easy to take cuttings of and, you know, healthy cuttings and be able to, you know, off of one bl blueberry bush, you could probably get eight by next year, you know, and granted there's fruiting time and everything, but the, the art of patience, especially in this, you know, in the next five years, you could have a field of blueberries. You know what I mean? Like you could, you could 100% do that. Um, it's taking stuff that only requires you reading. You know, that's the only requirement, you know, like you can pull over on the side of the road when you spot like an elderberry that's on some vacant abandoned property and you could air layer it and then you could bring it to your place. Um, you know, you could you could do that. That's not that's not outside of this realm of possibility within five years. If you put your effort and you put your nose to that grindstone, you can have a food forest that in the back of your mind will make you feel so alleviated of all of the stress and shit in this world because what ends up happening is the the primordial instinct that we all have is that if we can't go to that grocery store what the hell are we going to do it's over you know what i mean like you that and that's in my opinion where this this is heading in a in a fast way Whenever you realize winter, spring, summer, fall, you have created the capacity for you to go outside with your little basket and feed yourself every day between your livestock and what you know you can forage, the fungal world. Like you no longer have this inherent stressor in the back of your brain that you're going to be among the, the many in a bread line. You know what I mean? Like, so right. I highly recommend doing that, you know, and I highly recommend doing it with native species native species don't don't do the the morris you know alba you know do the morris rubra you know do the the natural here at home you know red mulberry tree not the white you know make your property uh an eden of what was supposed to be here what is natural what truly benefits your own home ecosystem and therefore you know you and the world around you the bees around you you know do that instead um but i i completely lost track of where i was going i think i was on methods that worked i remember that question yes. you, you had preloaded um but you know and that uh learn to drive a stick shift <laughs> like you know learn to learn to drive a stick uh, and uh root your money and assets you know um uh, because I have a feeling that unless we're all gold owners in the near future, then, you know, all we're going to have is our things. And those things better be able to manipulate land. They be, best be able to feed, you know, you and, and your own. And they best be able to defend, you know. So that's that's another method that's worked. Buying smart, you know, things, things that help your mission um, and having a stockpile of seeds. <laughs> the other stockpile yeah. bullets yeah always collect seeds. your seeds yeah whenever whenever you have that tomato that big ripe boy and you're like this is the best tomato i've ever seen or had get the seeds from it yeah good point i've got yeah, yeah. If, we, if you have time i have three 
more questions. Yeah, let's roll. Let's go. All right. So what's been the biggest challenge in homesteading that you faced? Um, oh, man. Time usage. Time usage and too many irons in the fire. You know, um, you get excited, especially like whenever you see results um, and you're, you're wanting to, to like add more, you know, and sometimes you're not ready. You're, you're not, you're not ready and you're not realizing like the, the weight or the maintenance of something. Um, you know, like that's, that's like the, I've postponed converting this old Texco, uh, shipping container into my mushroom lab for now, because it's going to dominate my schedule. It's going to take over True. absolutely everything. So being wise to time management, I would say is the hardest thing with homesteading. <clears throat> um, you know, I think that's why back in the day it, it was just encouraged to have as many children as possible. Like why you see families with 20 children, you know, it was, I love these kids, but they, they also need to have a pickaxe in their hand, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like uh, just understand what you are capable of being able to do. Um, and don't overburden overburden yourself because whenever one project lacks, it makes the other projects fall in line and and do the same thing. So um, that's that was that's what I would say is my biggest challenge when it comes to it. Um, maintaining that stride and being able to keep things done. You always have your goals set seasonally, especially, and when you fall short of them, it makes the next season harder. So make manageable goals that you're capable of uh, accomplishing both for, you know, your homestead productivity and also your mental health. Sure. Yeah. You, you had mentioned, you know, everything needs to get done. Right. And so like, and you brought mm -hmm. up the rock wall. Well, I did not want to finish that. I had 10 other things I would rather do. And I was honestly so sick of just filming, like moving rocks. Week after week <laughs> yeah. after week after week. I'm like, I don't even want to do this. I don't even care. Like, I'm sure everybody else doesn't even care to watch about moving rocks. I'm like, I just got to get this done so I can move on to something else. And I'm glad I just like pushed through and just got it done. Now I can actually do something else and not have like, hey, you got to finish that. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that stuff takes a pretty deep presence in your in your mind. You know, like right now I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, man, I got to go water the worm farm. Like you forgot about the worm <laughs> farm. Or like, oh no. <laughs> you know, like I've got it, you know, but yeah, I, once you get it down, I think to a system um, and, you know, making lists is super helpful. You know, that's one of the things uh, with my lady is that she's great about putting things up on drywall, you know, or, or not drywall, dry erase. So, you know, on my way out the door, I'm like, oh, yeah. So she's she's recording me pretty much rambling and being like, oh, I got to do this and I got to do that. And she's putting that up there. So so as I'm walking out the door, I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, which is super helpful. Um, but I'm, I'm just about to the point now to where I've caught up to all the irons and now I'm like juggling them. I'm doing tricks nice. with them, you know, like, yeah. Um but I think that's the, the goal with any sort of homesteader is, is eventually, you know, your either your children are there to help you and, and build off of it and, and everything, or your your 
making such an abundance that you're you're able to create a community from your hard work or you know um you're able to employ other people to help you with productivity you know what would you say is the (laughs) is the is the big dream that's that's a dream of mine yeah yeah all my uh, another another business for you uh yeah, I think so. More, it, it wouldn't necessarily be mostly about the business. It would be the fact that I could have my uncle Scotty working for me. I could have like, uh, I could be employing my family. I could release my poor old gray-haired daddy from that trucker job and give him a job pruning rose bushes. You know that that would be ideal. You know, I think that that would because we all of us work and click so well together that I think. Come on, Crow. I think, uh, I think, uh, having all of this there together, you know, I'm a big believer that, that plants have empathy and they have, you know, like emotions and things themselves. You know, I believe that we would have a high capacity farm just based off the love that we radiated out as a family working together. But as of right now, it ain't paying, it ain't paying anybody's bills, but mine. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's I, a I solid gotta, start. Yeah. Well, whenever, whenever these other, oh, what is it, 15 chickens roll in, and I double my egg production, you know, and, you know, it's, that's how it goes. You know, you, for a while, it was just us sitting here, you know, water glassing eggs, you know, and dehydrating scrambled eggs. And then it was like, wow, we can't keep up with it. Let's sell the eggs. And then it's like, well, shit, another 15 more chickens. Like, well, you know, it's, that's how homesteading works. I, I, I bet you anybody watching this is sitting there like, oh, yeah, I started with five, you know, and now they look outside <laughs> and it's just an ocean. <laughs> yeah. You know, more than they even know. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it starts. What would yeah. you say the part about homesteading is? The best part? Um, mm-hmm. I would I would honestly say the almost clair- clairvoyance that you get of like your future and your capacity and your strength as a human being. Um, we've, we haven't had running water here for a long time. We, we import like our water, you know, we've had to create systems for water, um, you know, and in order to achieve, like I, I no longer take baths and chlorine water. I take baths and spring water, you know, um, you have a higher resonance for the important things. Um, you feel an awful lot better because anybody who goes, I'm, it doesn't matter who you are. You know, a lot of people are like, Oh, well, you know, junk food or whatever, like the, what the impact it has on your physique or whatever. No, no, no. It's the impact it has on your brain. It's the impact it has on your noodle, your capacity to think and care for yourself. You know, anytime someone picks up a bag of Cheetos and eats it and they're sitting there with their Cheeto dusty fingers and everything. And it's like stained their, their bed sheets and stuff and they wake up and they go, oh, I can't believe I ate that or whatever. Or even if you know, we all know it's terrible. We all know McDonald's is killing millions of Americans with obesity every year, but we still do it. We still do it. Why? Because I mean, which is the biggest joke, the organic aisles and stuff like you should look up the terminology and the clever wordplay that they put into making something organic or free range. You know what I mean? Like I think free range, if, if you watch, uh, there's a great documentary, Super Size Me 2, Holy Chicken, I believe is what it is. The same guy that did 
supersized me where he only ate fast food for like yeah. it, like his health declined to such a crazy degree he went on uh his second documentary i think it's called holy chicken uh supersized me too and he went into the nitty-gritty details of what it takes to have your farm registered as a free-range farm and industry has made it to where you only have to be able to like let them walk i think three to nine feet out of their enclosure and oftentimes these enclosures are way cooler and nicer like on inside climate wise so they don't even go outside but you start looking into just the absolute train wreck that makes that makes us tunnel in and go oh it's organic you know that word is bought paid for it's garbage doesn't work you know um so but then you go and you try to eat like that you don't realize that you know you you look at it you go oh it's organic well it's good but you don't read the ingredients you don't see that there's all these dyes and there's all these preservatives and all this stuff you know like you you're you're killing yourself 100 you know what i mean and yeah and but the thing is the the problem we all know it that's the problem it is it is sacrilegious to yourself almost like if you are your holy temple in your body you know is it's your vessel for your soul and you're actively poisoning it and your mentality is like oh well tomorrow we healthier or you know nah man it's the best part about homesteading is the liberation of mind and body you know knowing that your hands tethered the reality of that plant out of the soil and you created it and like i mean the joy of knowing that you avoided the billionaire snare you know the same guy that's sitting there having planes come in and spray all these tomatoes and all this stuff they still have the audacity to slap an organic sticker on you know like <laughs> like we're avoiding it we 100 avoid it and there's a part of you that almost becomes like a an elitist mindset where you're just like you know what like i don't i don't dip my toe into that world anymore you know if i get hungry i'm popping a two-year-old can of chili that i studied to learn how to do it right and i'm i'm eating that deer pop from two years ago and i'm stockpiling the whole time too you know what i mean like that's that's a whole different realm and reality of mental health and it you know comes with hard work which adds to mental health you know you just that's the best part that's the 100 best part of, of homesteading along with the knowledge it brings and the ability to hand it down or show other people because it's, I mean, it's the most, in my opinion, ad addictive thing. The best thing to be addicted to is that hard work and that capacity to heal and love and nurture yourself. And then you help other people get into that too. And that's why I do it. That's why I do what I do on TikTok. And it's because I have personally seen people pull themselves up out of the it designed, 100% designed, intentional destructive um like uh convenience that is given to each and every one of us that hey go home like you know or go work yourself to death you work all week until your weekend you know come home watch your tv programming you know what i mean eat your your slop 
you know, and then you, you can, you can retire after 65 years of putting, you know, that iron in the fire for us while we're out in it. Nah, nah, nah. Now, nah, if you want to bring down a crooked, corrupt crapshoot of an empire that is profiteering off of all of our suffering, what you do is you starve it. And you starve it by eating well yourself. You know what I mean? That's I love that. I love that so much. I actually forgot the original question that I was just like a like along for the ride. And I was like, yeah, this is <laughs> right. love this. The, the, be- the benefit of homesteading and the best part about it. Yes. Yeah. And then you you almost like like brought it right into the next question was um, what would you tell people that want to get started? Get ready for some hard work. Get ready for some- <laughs> That's a good tip. Yeah, but know that every every time you do something, you don't cut corners, and you you know you're efficient, you're smart about it. Um, well, old dad used to say, and still does. <laughs> measure twice cut once do your research study um you know like really really think about what it is you're doing because every time you end up doing something you do you devote that hard work to it you can almost like i'll give you just like a small chain of events you know okay so i get chickens i give the chickens what they want the chickens go out they they eat well they eat healthy they produce an egg for me i eat that egg Okay, no, now I have eggshell. I take eggshell, dry eggshell out, add eggshell to garden. You know, it it builds on itself. But <clears throat> that seed that you plant is is the first. You know, it, it's got to be the the very big prospect of what it is you're going to be doing. You're not, you know, like you're you have to surrender yourself to the fact that you're going to be working 12 to, to 14 hour days at the beginning because it, that system that you're building with that eggshell and with that chicken and, and with your worm farm and when when like it takes a minute for all those cylinders to fire you know what i mean and and to benefit you it is labor intensive there's a there's a lot of manipulating land or or structure building that you have have to have i mean i just went through a crazy war with raccoons i was getting chickens picked <laughs> off left and right oh no at four o'clock in the morning walking around like a sentry with my, my headlamp and you know and i was seeing where they were getting in i saw the little little buggers crawling in and i'm spotlighting them and i'm like ah there they are and the next day <clears throat> you know i've got to go and re- make that all to where they can't get in. But I was up from 2 a.m. to 4, 5 o'clock in the morning. I got to wake up and I got to take care of the animals still. And then I got to go and I got to repair all that. Man, that's a that's a day. That's a day, man, you know, and taking care of like everything you got. If you're trying to get into it, I, I recommend maybe doing some stretching, some deep breathing, you know, maybe a little light calisthenic. You know, get yourself, get yourself feeling good, eat well for a few weeks and then ask yourself if you feel any better. Can I do this with with a little bit healthier of a mind? Because what you expect it's going to be is not rainbows and puppies. It's going to be brutal for that first little bit until you see it start to start to hit and connect 
whenever everything's feeding everything else. You know, whenever your pepper plants are now the anti-parasitics that go into your, your chicken's bellies, you start seeing all of it, but it came with extreme consciousness and work. But also don't let that scare you out of it. You can start small. You, know, you can, like what we did, like with the RV and everything, like we got ourselves financially free, essentially, you know, before we just, you know, we didn't, we didn't want to rent a place or anything like that. We didn't, you know, we, we limited all of the, the export of our, our finances. We limited it down, you know, and then we had more time, you know, to address a lot of these things and, you know, just be very calculated with it. And know that those calculations can get all messed up <laughs> like they really can but stick with it if it's really what you want um it's such an endorphin rush and it's such a high to be able to take care of yourself and your family and know that you know you haven't been um you know essentially abused by a system that doesn't care about you and i think that's baseline what homesteading is anybody who's self-reliant if you are self-reliant, then what essentially you're doing is giving the biggest F you family friendly middle finger, <laughs> you know, to the system and saying, you know, I don't trust you anymore, you know, and you're not going, you're not going to have dominion with me and my family. You know, I'm going to pay, I'm going to pay my stuff up. I'm going to pay my taxes. I'll pay my property taxes. I'll be straight, straight and laced and buttoned up, you know, but you're going to stay the heck away from me. And my family, you know, and I'm going to create this mindset within my family that has this inherent and eventually it'll catch up, it'll spread, and then you'll be the ones eating your own garbage. <laughs> That's fantastic. Was there, <clears throat> yeah. was there anything else that you wanted to talk about or uh, anything that we missed? Um, I want to be respectful of your time also, so. Oh, no. I mean, I kind of set, set a little bit of time aside today for this um, because I, I appreciate people like you um, and, you know, and, and what you're doing and giving people a platform and a voice to be able to vocalize such things, you know, and I hope I resonated with, with other people and, and I hope that, you know, um, other homesteaders out there and stuff, you know, um, like our are uh, with me on this mission or, or, or hearing me here. And, and I'd love to hear other people's. I'm going to start tuning into your channel. I'm going to get the, the details you. and stuff of all this. Yeah, absolutely. And, and helping you with that. That's, that's something I try to do on my channel. Um, I try to help people either get their products out there or their knowledge out there, uh, charitable events, things like that. And also most importantly, knowledge. Um, knowledge is 100% power. And, you know, I've, I've, literally have have gotten to the point to where i'm successful on tiktok because i read because i study <laughs> you know there's people out right. there who and then there's people out there who turn the page of a book you know and i find it pretty hilarious that i've been capable of doing that um so if you are listening to this and everything and um this is your first time hearing me or anything i i run a channel on tiktok called dead eye two tongues where i uh, essentially um adopt new methods of growing or plant propagation study of fungi um you know uh plant id forging uh and things of that nature and um and also testing other people's theories i'm now doing electromagnetic gardening and and all sorts of stuff i'm, nice. I'm making as good 
Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, I was, which is something I forgot to, to mention. I, I did an update on it. I do have concrete evidence that electromagnetic gardening has worked as of, hmm. as of today, I put that on my story, um, which is, which is crazy, but you know, it's hard to do videos, videos like that. Like, I can't just go and set it all up and be like, let's see if it works. Like, those are the long videos of, you know, it's like two months later, you know, you're, you have that right. saved in your, yeah, it's saved in your drafts, you know, scroll, 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 like, scroll. Yeah. 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 But yeah, that's, um, that's that's something if you want to come with me on my mission to improve my life quality and try to help other people improve their life quality um that's something i would say um follow me on there and i'm i'm moving to youtube too uh well not necessarily moving i'm doing that you know uh coincidingly so um and uh as of right now i'm just capable of putting my tiktoks as almost a backup bank uh, onto YouTube because I am trying to get my $900 camera um, to be able to start doing really, really nice uh, YouTube videos. But uh, I know I'll get there because of all of the above of what I just said. So, <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just nose to the grindstone it, man. And if you really want to do this, uh, yeah, join some join some Facebook forums and uh, some online groups and stuff where they share knowledge. Um, find yourself nose deep in a, in a really good book. Um, more than likely that you figured out was a really good book because of online forums. Um, yeah, and don't waste any time in getting right to being healthy, man. Well, Dad, I really appreciate your time. And uh, this has been a lot of fun, man. I uh, We're definitely going to stay in touch. I, I don't know. I, I've got so many more questions and <laughs> just – Looking forward to like seeing more like of your like pr your progression. So this is this is better. Oh awesome. man, yeah, and so am I, man. You know, so am I. You know, I I I legitimately love waking up every day, which is like something so. Uh, if you if you knew me six years ago, whenever I was laying in a hospital bed, dealing with all of my trauma and and everything that had happened to me, there was a dark period in my life. Whenever like you know, I was like, nah. Like, you know, it's too much, you know, and now where I'm sitting at is just like, I'm bulletproof, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, you were, <laughs> you were just, uh, you just had something like fixed too, right? Like you had to go back in. Yeah. I had the third reconstruction of my, my orbital socket, um, because there was so much damage done to my, uh, my left eye that they removed it. And then they had to, um, at first they put a piece of organic matter being coral on the inside of my eye socket and they attached my retinal muscles to it to spin that piece of coral so I could wear a prosthetic and it would look like the prosthetic moved. But there was hmm. so much extensive trauma done to it that there wasn't a lot for that coral to be gripped on to with. So oh. they had yet again go in and they removed that, that ball of coral and they actually took a big chunk of my hip and stuck my own skin into my eye socket and grafted it. Um, so, you know, now that's, that's healing. It's been an ongoing process, six years, man, six years of, of, I mean, having to fight depression, six years of like, you know, like knowing that this is taking a physical toll on me, you know? Um, but I honestly could not be happier for the experience because I, truly do believe that what I got 
from the Almighty and <clears throat> from my personal closeness, about as about as close as I feel like you can get to the other side. You know, opened my eye to sure. so much and whipped my brain out of that depression and got me out of feeling self-loathing and instead put me into hyperdrive for the appreciation and everything for the the pretty much consequential gift of what happened to me you know what i mean i yeah i don't know a lot of people nearly died you know but i can tell you the majority of people who did that i do know have a pretty crazy existential like understanding of of things that you know a lot of people can't even uh, can't even whisper into reality because you know it's it is a really really crazy life to live after you have nearly lost it you know what i mean it either well, i'm glad you're here i'm glad you i'm glad you made it it either makes you wake up and smell those roses <clears throat> and be like wow this is beautiful or it makes you walk right past them on your way to the liquor store you know what i mean yeah yeah that's that's the the yeah so i'm smelling the roses man Good. every day you're planting them too yeah Yes, I am. <laughs> yes, I am. Well, I'll let you go. Uh, let you let you water your worm farm. Don't forget the don't forget about that. And uh, we'll definitely yeah. keep in touch. I appreciate the reminder. Hey, man, thank you. Uh, and and uh, yes, send me a link to to this, man. I'd I'd love to be able to show my four hundred thousand followers everything we discussed, and I'd like to be able to listen back to it too. You're a really charming dude like you know i appreciate <laughs> thanks you. i appreciate you letting me rant i think i have a tendency to do that and this is not even nearly as bad as it could have been <laughs> or as good as it could have been i guess depending on how you look at it but uh, i'd like to i'd like <laughs> i'd like to hear it back and uh i'd like to show other people because i believe the questions you're asking were were core questions that I think was, was great to be reminded today that I needed to ask myself. So. Sure. Yeah. Can do. Sounds good. I'll send you a link and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely, we'll definitely keep it touch. So. Absolutely. All right. I am Matt DeRosier of Farm Hop Life. Thanks for watching. Don't forget to subscribe and visit farmhoplife.com. Inside of the city, the people are crazy. Out of their minds, they ain't got a clue. We gone away, headed west for Montana. Left family and friends, all I got now is you. We both got new jobs, a host and a homestead, thinking this was the life, all that there'd be. After our firstborn, you had to stay home. That's when the work got in the way for me. Well, I started farm hop life. You'll come to your farm to help and to and an RV send us a message and